Uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Let us stand in for the reading of God's Word. Verse number 16. Now, this Paul has been preaching Berea, and, and they found out, so they had to get him away. So they sent him to Athens. Now, here Paul is sitting in Athens. He's waiting on Timothy and Silas to join up with him. And in verse 16, he says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to adultery. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and the market daily with them they met with him. The certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him and said, Will this babbler say, Other some he seemeth to be set setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him into the Aparicus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. That's, that's what we're living in today to day. You know, when the Word of God is preached, it's strange to people. They don't want to hear it because, hey, they don't understand it. But for those who understand it, they, they rejoice in it. For we know not, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and their strangers were there, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars' hills and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For I have passed by and beheld your devotion. I have found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declaring I unto you, God made the world and all things therein, seeing he is the Lord of heavens and earth dwelleth not in the temples made with hand. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he need anything, seeing he is giveth all life and breath and all things. And he made of one blood of all nations of men no dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the boundaries of their inhabitations. Here's what we want to get to that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel at better Him, and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You this morning. We thank for each heart that's here this morning. We ask You to touch and lift them up, encourage them. Help us to be what we need to be in this day and time that we live, Father. And we just praise You for what You do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here Paul is in Athens. Uh, this is where the great philosophers are, uh, the great minds. Uh, uh, they study there. And, and Paul looks around at all these people and he saw that they had a lot of knowledge in their heads, but they had no knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in their hearts. They had an incredible number of statues and idols that were built in the city of Athens. And altars dedicated to the Greek gods. Paul was burdened for this crowd. The Bible said he, he disputed in the synagogues and, and, and with the Jews and, and the devout people and daily preaching in the marketplace. 
that there's just one God, the Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ, that died on the cross and rose again on the third day so that this crowd might know God in life and have life more abundantly and forgiveness of sins. When you read the scriptures, I cannot help to put America in this place. I, I see America in this text. Uh, they think they're in a advance uh, beyond the gods. They think they're more smarter than God is. They, they surely think that there's no one in heaven today. You've got your way to get to heaven. I've got my way to get to heaven. They've got their way to get to heaven. They, they say that we are narrow-minded, backwooded people. But they are broad-minded. We're accepting of everything and anything. It said the Epicureans said, the, and the Stoics that Paul encountered said, uh, uh, what would this babbler say now? What's he going to say next? The Epicureans believe that uh, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. If it feels good, do it. If they believe it, just do it. It didn't matter if anyone else felt bad about it. If it felt good to you, just go ahead and do it. That's just what our society is doing today. There is no restraints in our society today. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. If you enjoy it, just do it. If it makes you feel good, do it. We'll put it under the banner of love and acceptance. That's what churches are doing today. There's this crowd called the Stoics. They believe you reach the height of life when you've done. Don't get excited about anything anymore. They, had, they, they reached to the point where nothing in life surprises them. They made their choices based on logic and reasons instead of emotionals and tidal waves. There ain't no joy in anything. There ain't no happiness in anything. Neither side understands what life is all about. You really don't have joy until you know Jesus Christ this morning. Verse 21, it says, For the Athenians and the strangers were uh, there and spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Is that not our country today? Constantly after something new. I've got something new. The churches are looking for something new to attract people to come to church. To keep everybody interested. A new preacher, a new song, a new version of God's word, a new message. There's got to be something new to keep us attracted, to keep our attention to it. Let me just tell you, they said they're tired of the old path. 
They're tired of this old book. They're tired of the old timey preaching. That's what America's all about today. You sit in front of your idiot box. And it's all based on you need something new. Uh, you need a new dress. You need a pair of new shoes. Uh, you need a new suit. Uh, you even need a new makeup. Uh, you need a new body to shame you out. Uh, it's everything's got to be new. Amen. New adventures. I've got to have it. I need it. I want it. That's America today. We're not interested in anything we've heard before. We tried that before. We've done that before. Just give us something new today. I say this first, if you're looking for something new, then probably you're in the wrong place. You're not going to find something new here. But if you're looking for something that's real old, you'll find it here. If you're looking for old-fashioned worship, you'll find it here. If you're looking for old-fashioned preaching, you'll find it here. If you're looking for old-fashioned singing and the hymns, uh, you'll find it here. And if that's what you like, you're going to fit in real good with the rest of us. Amen. We're not trying to update anything. We're not trying to update the Bible. We're not trying to get along with the world. We're trying to stand in the way and ask for the old path. We're in the good news and walk therein and you shall find rest for your soul. When Paul finally looks at this crowd, he's done all the wrong way. They've gone done the wrong things. This is what he tells him in verse 27. That they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far away from every one of us. This crowd is a messed up bunch of people. Yet Paul tells them, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. God is still so close to you. He's not that far away from you. You may be sitting here thinking God's a million miles away from you. You've gone so far. I've gotten down into a pit so deep not even God can reach down and pull me out. God doesn't know where I'm at. You're wrong this morning. He's just a prayer away. He's just a prayer away. He's just a call away. He is waiting for that repented heart to look towards heaven and cry unto Him, God, I repent. Lord, I trust You. He is that close this morning. You may walk in here this morning thinking to yourself, even with somebody sitting beside you, you're all alone. It feels like everybody is distant. You're distant from your family. You're distant from your friends. You're distant from everyone you know. It feels like you're all by yourself. 
I'm telling you this morning, you can reach out by faith and you get a hold of God. He is not that far away. He's just a prayer away and just a call away. So who in this text, let me give you three things, three people that God is not that far away. You may fit in the category. I don't know. I've been in some of these categories myself. I've been where some of these people were. I've worshipped false idols. I went into different directions. I fell away from God. And yet God is able to reach down where I was at and pick me up and say, Hey, hey, you're saved. I had to get to a point that I realized I was lost and undone, dying, going to hell without God or His Son, then I cried out, I repented. And every one of us this morning needs to. Every one of us need to crawl on the altar and beg for the forgiveness of God this morning. First of all, we see this crowd that were adulterers. They, wor- they worship false idols. I, I read it in-, in-, in studying this at the time in Athens... There were 30,000, 30,000 idols, statues, and temples in Athens. Now, the population at the time was only 250,000 people. I mean, this, this, this was a place that, that, that had a, it, it wasn't on every corner. It was about every four or five feet that you had a temple that you can go into and worship. Then they worshipped everything. They worshipped the sun. They worshipped the moon. They worshipped the stars. They worshipped the trees. They worshipped the ground. They worshipped the rocks. They worshipped the water. They worshipped the vegetation. They worshipped the wine. They worshipped the birds. It was a lot of things these people worshipped and fell in love with and got deep down into it. Amen. 30,000 idols. Can you imagine walking down the road and seeing all these idols. They had a God for everything, anything. They made sure they covered everything it was, and when they couldn't figure out anything else to cover, to make a temple to, they said, well, we're just going to make one to the unknown God. That'll cover everything. That'll get everybody right there. If you ain't worshiping him, none of these... We got you one over here you can worship. An unknown God. Amen. I'm telling you. That, that's America today. That's where we're living at today. You say, well, that can never happen in America today. We don't have false gods. Let's just talk about that for a moment. We have made money a God. A money God. We worship money. We desire money. We've got to have it. And those that's got it wants more of it. Those that don't have any, they need some of it. We worship money. A billionaire, billionaire, was laying on his deathbed. And they asked him, says, if you got one thing you could do, what would it be? He says, to make another dollar. Make another dollar. I'm a penny air. Penny air. 
I don't care if I get another penny or not. Amen. But a billionaire, all he desired was to make one more dollar. And that's where we're at in a country that desires money. You just look at it. Look around and people just do what they can to do to get money. Tell you what else we've made gods in this country. You might not like it, but it's true. Hollywood. And yet, we pump money into them left and right so they can make movies that cuss our kids, run naked through the movies, and we just give them money after money after money. They have no remorse. They could care less about what you think or say or what you do. They're just out to make the movies. They just want to be seen. And there's some filthy stuff out there. That's why too many of us are sitting in front of that idiot box and we get all in trouble of it. Amen. Something else. We made gods out of sports figures. Sports. We made it. We, we would rather go to a sports stadium to watch our favorite team play a game than get into church. Amen. We'd rather go to a sporting event then come to a church and worship God. It is sad to watch those in these stadiums, uh, 50 and 60 and 70,000 people shouting and praising their team and, and they, they strip down in the wintertime and paint their bodies of different colors and it'd be freezing outside. But yet, you can't get them in a church to even say a word about God. And they call me backwards. They say I'm narrow-minded. That's America today. We, we are turning everything that we got into a God. Can I say there's only one God? There's only one God. I, I'm going to say this, but I can't go, can't go without saying. We made sex. A God in this country. How many times you turn on your TV and watch a commercial? And I don't need to see a woman in a bikini trying to sell me a pair of shoes. You, know, you, you cars, and that's all it is. That's that's our country today. And the thing about it, we sit back and say nothing about it. And we just use this excuse, oh, well, that's our country. It's not my country. It's not what I believe. It's not what I think. That's not what I live. I don't have a false God. I got the true God, and he's the God of this Bible, and I'm going to do what he said to do. I'm going to act like he said to act. I'm going to walk like he said to walk. We've even made education of God in this country. You've got to have an education. If you don't have an education, you cannot go far. We put, we put having an education above serving God. Above the church, above the Bible. Don't act like we don't have adulterers in this country. We're living in the midst of idols all through this country. We are the new Athens. 
But in the midst of all those idols in this country, somebody is going to be just a prayer away from God. Even in this time and age that they worship everything and everything, he, there's a, just a prayer away. Verse 31, Howbeit certain men claved unto him and believeth among which was Diocese, the Oppergate, and a woman named Damas, and others with them. This, this man Dionysus, he's a man that worshipped the God of vegetation and wine. He was so deep into his belief in worshiping the God of vegetation and wine, but yet Paul was standing in his temple preaching Jesus Christ. Now show you how good, how God works. Paul is standing in the temple of some other false God. He's preaching the true God. And people inside that that worship the false God got right and fell for the true God and start serving the right God. And they followed after him. He became one of those that in this state in Athens that served God, walked after God, and taught God about what is going on. He's just a prayer away. Just a call away. He said, I'm getting out of this false temple. I'm trusting in Jesus. This morning, if you're living an adulterer life and worship false idols, chasing after the things of this world, God is just one call away. God is just a prayer away from us. And we need to call. We're living in a society that has turned its back on God. It's turned its back on the church. Turned it back on the Word of God. We need God in our lives today. Amen. We need Him more than we've ever needed Him before. More than we ever had Him before. We need Him now. We, we need Him because those that worship false idols in this country. Then he said, those who are ignorant, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars hills and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that all things are to you are suspicious. That's really good to say to somebody. You're superstitious. Y'all are just plumb superstitious. Hmm. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an author with this scripture to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. They're worshiping a God that they don't even know. They're ignorant of a God, and they think God is ignorant of them. I have got, I, I've found that I, you, people can get to the place where it seems like God is unknown to them. I find that Christians get to thinking that God doesn't even know where they're at. There, there's some things that you want to need to talk to Him about. What's going on in your life? What you feel like? And God doesn't care. God is nowhere around me. Can I say that's not the Bible? That's not the God of this Bible. Because he's not unknown. 
He knows your trouble this morning. He knows where you're at this morning. You say, well, God doesn't know what it's like to betrayed somebody that you loved and walked out on you. Really? He's in the garden. And they said, we'll never leave you nor forsake you. We'll go with you into death. But they fled away. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. Does he really know that? In fact, if you look at the Bible, the Bible says backslidden Israel commanded, they committed adultery. And he said, I have put her away and given her a bill of divorce. God knows what it's like to be betrayed. God knows what it's like to have someone that you love to walk out on you. God knows that. God knows. You say, well, God doesn't know what it's like to have disobedient children. Well, you may not have been disobedient, but I have been disobedient. Amen. I've been there. I, I know God knows what it's like to have a disobedient child because I'm one of them. In fact, they're all over the place. Bible said that Israel was a disobedient child. God knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to have those that he, he, he loved and cared and cherished, and yet they were turned their back on him. They walked away. We know what it's like. Those that come and give their life to God and crawl on the altar and shed tears and beg for God to give them and that God forgives them and it won't be long. They walk away. We know what it's like. God doesn't know what it's like to lose someone in your family. God don't understand a loss, a loved one. God sat on the throne and watched his son dying on the cross, being beaten, blood shed for those that rejected him. God knows what it's like. So whatever you got going on in your life today, whatever you're facing in your life today, God is just a prayer away. You can come to the altar and say, Lord, this is where I'm at. God knows where you're at. He knows your trouble. He knows what's wrong with you. God says, I want to help. I want to help. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm all by myself. All alone. Nobody cares. People walking out on me. He cares. He was forsaken. They fled from him. He cares. He knows. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known, the Bible says. You're no such a friend or a brother. Tell it to Jesus. For those that are false idol worshipers, adulterers, and for those who are ignorant, God says, I'm just a prayer away. I'm just a call away.
and those that are incriminated. These people are running through life footloose and fancy free. No care in the world, and all of a sudden this preacher, Paul, comes along, preaches Jesus Christ, buried and risen. He throws a monkey wrench in all their activity. He puts a cloud over the head of, of uh, I, I don't understand this. You remember the day when you was living your life free and unhappy and just go lucky and just, man, everything's going well in my life and all of a sudden somebody comes by and gives you a track. Somebody comes by and, and witnessed you. Somebody invited you to church and you came to church. The preachers start preaching and all of a sudden, man, my life is nowhere what I thought it was. There's this cloud of, of confusion over my head. There's this cloud of, uh, I, I'm feeling bad about this thing. Verse 30, in times of this ignorant, ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. And I believe that includes America today in 2023. Because he has appointed a day. Please get that. Please hold on to that. Because he has appointed a day. You have appointment with the court, sir. You have an appointment with the courts, ma'am. You say, well, I'm not being incriminated. God has set an appointment up with every one of us. You cannot get out of it. It's going to happen. It's coming. We don't know when the day is, but that day is coming. And it's appointed to men once to die, but after this, a judgment. Everybody's talking about the afterlife, but ain't nobody talking about the after death. Better be ready. Because he hath appointed a day the which he will judge the world in righteousness. Not my righteousness, nor your righteousness, but in whose righteousness? The one that he is called. By the man whom he hath ordained. You are an ordained minister, but I am not the righteous one. He called the ordained one, whereof he was given assurance in all men. I've seen these stickers on cars. Only Jesus can judge me. In fact, I've seen a lady had on a tattoo on her arm. Only Jesus can judge me. You're right. Only Jesus is going to judge you. And he is going to judge you. He's going to judge you. You say, well, I, I'm not incriminated. I'm not a criminal. I, I ain't gonna, you're going to face judgment. You're going to face the one that died on the cross for your sins. And the only way that you're going to get out of it is accept what he did and apply the blood of your life and walk in newness of life. The only way you can get out of it, if you don't have the blood of Jesus in your life, when you stand before God, depart from me, you work of iniquity cast into the lake of fire. 
put. He's only a prayer away. He's only a prayer away. For God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn it but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. That's where I'm at. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed by the name of the only begotten Son of God. And the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's where we're at today. There is a God that has set a court date for you and I because if you have not believed on the name of Jesus Christ, punishment is coming. When I realized I was a criminal, when I realized I was lost and undone, when I realized that I was going to hell, when the preacher preached the fire and brimstone, say, hey, it doesn't matter how good you are, how good you walk, how good you talk, uh, you can do great deeds, uh, you can do great things, uh, but without the shed blood of Jesus Christ in your life, hell's going to be your home, the lake of fire is going to be your home, you cannot escape it. I fell on the altar and cried. I repent. I found out he was just a prayer away. I didn't have to go to a class. I didn't have to pray uh, rosaries. And I didn't have to do Hail Marys. He was just a prayer away. God saved me. You say, well, I, I need it. What, what did you say? What did you do? I don't know. The Bible says the poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. That was me. That was me. I know this, and I know this. Please get this. If thou shalt confess, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, Thou shall be saved. So what do you say? Lord, I'm, I'm a sinner. I need to repent. I don't want the lake of fire. I want to be in heaven. That's where I want my home at this morning. I'm on this side, those who believe. I was on that side that was already condemned. And I found this out. He's closer than you think. Just a call away. Just a prayer away. Let us stand this morning.